I look at the time now and I say, I, if our whole focus on a Sunday morning is supposed to be who we are in Christ and who God says we are, God never said in the Bible that your nationalities should come first. You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. My name is Pastor Joel. Welcome to the Theology Music Podcast. My name is Pastor Joel, as you have just heard, and I still don't know why I always do that and repeat myself, but here we are. I have made my bed. I'm going to daggone sleep in it right now. Yeah. Sorry. I apologize, but we're here, so let's just press on. And I'm sorry if this is your first time listening to this podcast, or I'm not sorry, and I'm so happy that you're here. Both are actually true at the same time. So I want to talk about a song that I actually did quite a few times back when I was uh, the worship instructor or teacher down at a private Christian school in Virginia. If you are just listening to this and you don't know who I am, uh, I used to be at a church down in Virginia. Uh, I was born and raised in Virginia, and now I reside and live in Delaware with my wife and our two kids. And I never thought I would say it, but I live in Delaware. And that's neither good or bad. It's just I live in Delaware. So this is a song by Hillsong Worship called Who You Say I Am. And I actually really enjoy this song. I enjoyed enjoyed it uh, when we would do it down in Virginia, and I still enjoy it. And this song currently right now sits at, uh, within the top 10, it sits at number eight. uh, And sometimes it can go up to top five. It just really depends. But I I haven't really seen it. Uh, ever really outside of the top 10. So it's one of those songs that has stayed pretty consistent uh, in its popularity among worship pastors and worship leaders and, and even just churches in general. And so the reason why I want to look at this song is there's there's something that I think, just from the perspective of a worship pastor and worship leader, I think you can use this song to communicate. And it's something that I don't believe we will use uh, because we're afraid of rubbing people the wrong way. So let's get some background information about this song. So this song was written by Ben Fielding and Reuben Morgan, two of the main songwriters for most of Hillsong's music for the past decade or so. It was recorded in 2017, and it was released in 2018 off of their There Is... It appeared on the There Is More album. It uh, actually got the Dove Award for the Worship Song of the Year in 2018. So that's pretty, pretty great. Uh, it actually even got a nomination for the Billboard Music Award for a Top Christian Song. And this song is very singable. And I think that's one of the reasons why it was it is so popular and remains so popular, is it's one of those imminently singable songs, right? You're just always aware of, this is just an easy song to sing. Now, part of it is because it repeats a lot, but also the melody is very easy to sing, very, to pick, very easy to pick up. You even have this kind of arpeggiating, um, guitar riff that happens that really uh, kind of sparks your interest in the song and makes it easier to pick it up. So uh, let's look at the lyrics. So the lyrics are very simple. Uh, you have the first verse, which says this, who I am that the highest king would welcome me. I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. And then the chorus, the first chorus is whom the sun sets free. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And then the second verse, free at last, he has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. And then the second chorus, which is the full chorus, is who the sun sets free. Man, I cannot say that. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And then you do a little arpeggiating guitar part. And then you go, in my father's house, 
There's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And the bridge, very simple, just says this. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. And there are many places you just keep saying, I am who you say I am. To be honest, this is really the, this kind of set the groundwork for songs like Waymaker. And here's what I mean by that. It's an anthemic song that has a very simple message and a tag at the end of the chorus or bridge that you could just keep saying over and over and over and over and over and over again. Case in point, Waymaker the that is who you are, right? So who, you know, who, I am who you say I am. That is who you are. You just keep saying that over and over and over again. Um, now, it is. You can have your opinion about repetition. I have my opinion about repetition. I am not so upset with repetition um, to think that you can never have repetition, right? The scripture is very clear that it repeats itself, right? The Psalms repeat themselves often. Blessing the Lord, uh, I will bless the Lord, is is a common repetition in the Psalms. And so we even actually sang a song this past Sunday that had that as a chorus. It just said, bless the Lord, O my soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, bless the Lord, O my soul. I don't, I don't know if we're having to count, do we have to only have as many times as that phrase is referenced in the Bible? No, but uh, I don't think it was wrong to repeat that. There is a there is a level uh, of repetition that becomes too much in the sense that it can feel kind of lazy, right? So it's different when you when it's was when it's a, a an emboldened truth that has been fueled by doctrine before it, right? And so I think this song does that not amazingly, but it does it in a way that can can fuel the "I am who you say I am" repetition, right? but you have to be very intentional about it. And I've told worship pastors and worship leaders and pastors, you have to be intentional. I mean, I even said it in the last podcast where I said, look, I'm rethinking my criteria, but if I can admit, look, I've, I was off. Pastors and worship pastors and worship leaders can actually care a little bit more about their sets. I mean, I hear about it every single week of some worship pastor not having a second thought about the songs that they do. I mean, even in the sense of if someone were to say, hey, why don't we, why are we doing these songs? I don't know if we should do that. What if we do these songs? And they go, oh, okay, cool. Right. You should have a why behind it. And I'm not saying that you can't be agreeable and humble enough to say, yeah, let's try something else. But at some point you do need to be able to say, well, actually, this is why we do this song. Uh, And why do you want to do that song? Right. It's, you should care. And so going back to this song, you would you look at those phrases like who am i that the highest king would welcome me right and so that's kind of that psalm 8 language what is man that you take thought of him or what is man that you are mindful of him uh and the son of man that you you care for him right so you've got that um and then you've even just got the uh the language that that uh that god would even use people, right? You think of Moses, right? Why, who am I? When he said back when he was going to be going to Egypt, who am I to go? I, I, I don't, I'm not qualified to do this. And, you know, part of that was him sinfully not, not believing that the Lord could accomplish what he, what he wanted to do. But, um, there, there is, uh, there is a, a case, biblical case for this kind of language, right? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, was love for me. 
and you've got the you've got the 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 ninety nine the reckless son prodigal son you got all that kind of stuff the the lost he brought you home uh, what I will say about the verses is they have good thoughts they don't always connect now part of it is because they tried they wanted to make it singable is really what I'm going to assume. But they, in trying to make it as singable as possible, you then have to have less language. And so, who am I that the highest king would welcome me? That's okay. That's good. But then it goes, I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. And I don't really, you got to help me get the love part of the, I was lost, but he brought me in. Who am I that he would welcome me? It, It connects, but it's not so clear each of these lines could stand alone, which you don't really want to do in a verse. It needs to be thematically connected so that when you get to the chorus, whom, who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Um, even that, the chorus, who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I don't really know how those connect. It's not that they don't have biblical base. right? There is There is much biblical base for the thinking, oh, his love for me. God does love us. He demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, that's scripture. That's word for word scripture. And whom who the son sets free is free indeed. That's scripture as well. That's John 8. That's Jesus himself. If the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So it's not untrue. It's just, how do I get from who the son sets free, oh, is free indeed, to I'm a child of God, yes, I am. Right? In, in fact, I would almost flip that and I feel like it would make more sense. I'm a child of God because Christ has set me free and I'm free indeed. Yes, I am. Right. It just, it's, there's, there's nice, it's niceties put together. Um, and I'm not trying to destroy the song in that way, but it's when you're writing a song and you're putting this before your church, you, you got to remember that it needs to make sense and it just doesn't sound nice. Right. Cause a lot of songs just sound nice. Um, I, I love this one group called Maverick City Music, and they write really good gospel, modern gospel style songs. I would call them like the, the new modern gospel. Uh, uh, they're paving that way for the new modern gospel style music. Not, not all of their songs are fantastic. Some of them are super simple, and it's not that they're bad, uh, but there are some that I just, there's the way that the words connect really bolsters how simple the song is. Uh, one of my favorite songs by them right now is Yahweh. It's in, so singable, but it's just talking about God. And I love, and it's with that, it was, it's easy to connect things. And so you want to do that. You want to do that with your song. So you go to the second verse, free at last, he has ransomed me. Yes, very true. We, he made once and all made a payment for our sins. That's Hebrews language. Uh, you you can even go to Colossians 2 that he, he canceled out the, the certificate of debt uh, of, of, of everything that was against us. And he's, he's taken it out of the way, right? He's done all of that. Um, and that Christ, I mean, while I was a slave to sin, so his grace runs deep. The free at last, he has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. It's, yeah, connects. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. That's, yeah, that's, there's tons of scripture to that. But you know, even just the while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So who the sun sets free, I was free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. We've already done that. Well, in my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And that's that John 14, you know, don't don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. This is Christ saying, believe also in me because in my father's house are many dwelling places. And if it were not so, I wouldn't, I would have told you. 
but he's he says I'm going to go prepare a place for you. There's plenty of room in his father's house, right? I remember that old song, uh, the father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room, and a big, big table with lots and lots of food, and a big, big yard where we can play football. It's a big, big house. I forget who sings that song. I remember the 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 dance moves and stuff. Anyway. Um, it's true, right? The, the, I love, I do like that the song touches on that. And I will say this about Hillsong. This isn't a knock to them, right? But Hillsong to me and Elevation now more recently are famous in my mind for throwing specific biblical allusions in their songs to bolster the biblical credibility, but not necessarily increase the quality of song. So what I mean by that is they'll throw specific lines or phrases. So it could even be, uh, oh, praise the name where they say, uh, where they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. That's a, that's a crazy specific reference uh, that no one will really will get. Most average Christians and new Christians and unbelievers have no idea what, Joseph, who's, what that even means by Joseph's tomb, right? And so Hillsong is really they do this a ton. They throw specific lines like my father's house and Joseph's tomb and all those kinds of things. And you go, Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. Um, uh, and it, it makes you go, yeah, it's, that's in, that's in the Bible. It makes me think of that, um, guy, this YouTube channel that does pitch meetings and they'll, anyway, it's this, it's a running gag where they'll reference the title of the movie and the guy, the executive goes, that's the title of the movie. And that's basically what I feel uh, they do with these things. That's a that's a Bible reference. This song is automatically good. Uh, I'm not knocking the song in that way. I've just I've noticed that, and you guys know I'm a nerd about those kinds of things. So you keep going on. My father's house is a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. We we are children of the Most High. I mean that is Scripture through and through. Okay. So then you go to the bridge, which is, I am chosen, not forsaken. It's adoption. That's that's great. There's there's nothing wrong with that. We are we are chosen. Uh, the, the, that's that's even the salvation, uh, the golden chain of salvation, right? That's Romans. Those he chose, he he called. Those he foreknew, he also called and chose. And those he 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 has chosen, he will glorify or justify. Will glorify. I mean, that's actual uh, biblical language there as well. He will not forsake us, right? He will not leave us nor forsake us. I mean, that's that's scripture as well. That's Joshua 1, uh, verse 5. And so, and then you say, I am who you say I am. Uh, you are for me, not against me. I am who you say. That's, you know, who could stand against us, right? Um, Romans language. And so, okay. So let's just kind of think about this song now that we've kind of unpacked this. And I want to be good about time. So what I would use this song for, and you don't have to, I would use it and unpack more. Hey, God doesn't say that you are homosexual first, right? You're a Christian. Just so, just because you're wrestling with that sin, or or even that i that identity in air quotes, that's not who you are. God says, if you're in Christ, behold, the old is, is gone; the new has come. If you're in Christ, it's there's neither Greek nor Jew. So today's application of that, it's you're not American, Israeli, European, Republican, Democrat, black, white. You are Christ's bride first, right? 
that's one of the reasons why when I think about flags on stage, I have a, it, it is a honest wrestle in my heart when I see an American flag on stage, not because I hate America, because if I have an American flag on stage and a cross on stage and I'm, t- I'm supposed to tell the church Christ is, is supposed to be all in your life and he is you, who you are. He is both who you are and you are for him, right? He is your identity, your sufficiency, and your object of worship. But also we have an American flag on stage at the same stage that we're talking about Christ, right? I, how do I reconcile that? I, and people can say, well, that's just how we've always done it. Yeah, that was a different time. I look at the time now and I say, I, if our whole focus on a Sunday morning is supposed to be who we are in Christ and who God says we are, God never said in the Bible that your nationality should come first over your relationship with Jesus, right? And so let alone where we are culturally right now with where some demographics view the American flag for better or for worse, right? How can I stand on stage and say, put Christ first, and let's let's make the object of our worship Christ, but leave an American flag on stage for people to glance over and go, oh, like that's an, just inviting the enemy to distract people from Jesus. And the difference is when if someone says, well, that's how it's always done. Why, why keep it there? What's the biblical precedent to keep American flag or even a Christian flag on stage? And so the same thing is too. What's the biblical precedent for someone in Christ? to identify as anything other than Christ's first. There is none. And so in, if I ever did this song on a Sunday morning, and if, when, if you do the song on a Sunday morning, what you should push towards your church, and if you're hearing this and you're not as a leader and you just are singing the song to yourself, what you need to remember is what Scripture clearly says about you, not just what this song says, right? What does Scripture say about you? You are not just a Christ follower. You are a temple. You are the body of the church, right? You are supposed to be walking in righteousness and holiness. You are perfect because Christ has made you perfect. So there's therefore now no condemnation for you who are in Christ. That doesn't mean you live as you used to live, okay? but you are redeemed and reconciled by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so who God says you are is incredibly important, but you need to know exactly who God says you are and remember that every time you sing this song. And so I think this song is easy for most people to pick up. It's singable. It repeats itself a lot for better, or for worse. It's easy for a lot of non-Christians to pick up. I think it does glorify the Lord, uh, you know, if I'm running it through my new criteria, I think it is God glorifying. I, I do see a lot of me in the language. And so uh, I, I think it has, it's it's close. I would say if I was putting a percentage, I'd say it, it's more man glorif- man-centered than God-centered. But I, I do think the, the onus is still kind of on what God has done and not what we have done. So I would still classify it as God glorifying. Is it congregationally friendly? Heck yeah, dude, this song is so easy to sing. Uh, and then you've got, um, does it have Christ-centered, uh, Christ-exalting language? It does, actually. Whom the sun sets free, it was free indeed. I'm a child of God. So there's that that little as, little aspect there, but it's not a ton. Um, is it sanctification kind of minded? Not really. And it's not lament minded or driven either. Um, so is it gospel-centered in some ways? Not really. It's got some of that, but um, it's really just kind of focused on identity in, in Christ and an identity in the Lord. And so um, 
I think it does it pretty well. Uh, I don't really think um, it's it's this uh, uh, this amazing masterclass in identity, uh, Christian identity through song. But I don't think it's a bad idea, uh, bad choice to use. I would just if you did, you really stress it to your church, push it, push it back on them, in 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 relation to to the culture today, right, and to what's going on around you. And I think you would do really well uh, to do that for your church um, to best prepare them with this song. So uh, all in all, I, I don't know if I would do it on a Sunday morning. And if I did, I would really just have to spend a lot of time uh, prefacing it. Uh, but I, I think it's I don't think it's a bad song. And I, I think it's a good song that you could introduce um, to to your youth, not in the sense that they deserve less quality doctrine, but um it's it'd be easier for youth groups to use kind of because you have a little bit more time. It's more fluid in, in youth group time, and even a worship night would be uh, would be really cool to say to use. Um, so, and, and you know, I said that for Waymaker. I said I just I don't think you should do a Waymaker on a Sunday morning. It just is not a song to do on a Sunday morning. Uh, and I said what I said about the blessing about where you, if you did it, you, where you'd have to put it on a Sunday morning to really justify. And I think for this song, it, it's it would be a if you did it, it's like a one-off kind of has to do with the message kind of song. And the good thing about this song though is, and this will kind of be the last thing I say about it is if you did it as a one-off, I can tell you by the the half of the song, people will know what the song, how it goes. So that is good. That really helps if you have a singable song that you're using as a one-off, that, that is another pro to this song. But anyway, that's, that's what Pastor Joel says about this song. And if you guys ever want to hear you talk about another song or have questions, comments, or concerns, just email me at theologyandmusic at gmail.com. But with that, you guys have a wonderful day and a wonderful Lord's Day. See you later.